0: Let's talk about it
1: hello and welcome back to thick radio the podcast where we talk about gaming and everything in its orbit i'm james
0: and I'm Tim. Let's get into it. Today, we're joined by a special guest. You know them, you love
2: them. It's AJ. Yay!
1: Hey. It's AJ, how are you?
2: I am excellent. I hope everybody's doing okay out in uh, Gainerland, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I, thank you so much for being on the pod. It's a pleasure to have you here.
2: Um, I, I mean, I feel really honored to be here <laughs> honestly like i mean i know you guys are just starting out but and like we've had other gainer podcasts in the past but i mean wow you guys are just like i'm just blown away oh,
1: by thank the,
2: you. positive force here
1: you know i think tim yeah I I feel like you could probably speak to this. Like, I think when we first sat down really to discuss this podcast, we really wanted to nut out, like, what is the vibe? Not even just who are we, the people, but like, what is the vibe of the podcast? What do we want to achieve? What do we want to do? And what, like, do you remember those conversations that we had? I do.
0: I do. I remember that it was, it was, so we were, what, halfway through the pandemic? About? About? right? It was about halfway through the pandemic. It was like, everyone was on lockdown. Um, there was a lot of negativity floating around in the community. There was a lot of toxicity. People were um, posting stories, to their Instagrams just complaining about how people were being treated and things were just, you know, everything seemed to be moving in a negative direction. So when we sat down, we were like, what can we do to bring some positivity back to the community? What can we do to get back to, you know, just uplift things because it was, it was headed on a downward spiral. And I, I, hope that we have set a trend, you know, in bringing things back up again. I want the community to be on an upswing and to keep going with it. And if we have contributed to that in some measure, I'm very proud of us. I love that. I you
2: guys are doing a really good job at it. And you're definitely like our little, this little corner of of the Gainer community is just very uplifting and I appreciate all of that (laughs) considering i mean there are just certain places certain certain more negative spaces that you know we just i think we all need to work on work on enlightening those shadows
0: if if the um events of the past like almost two years at this point taught us anything it's that we all needed a lot of introspection we all needed to sit down and re-examine ourselves and figure out okay like now that we have now that most of us were just alone with ourselves during that time period it's like come on you got to figure out what you're doing and what kind of impact are you going to leave
1: it's funny reflecting on COVID. i i really feel like so many of us may have underestimated the potential for personal growth in that time and while while there should never be any expectation to achieve or do in the middle of a fucking pandemic you know i think the opportunity to to step outside of the world that you feel stuck in to involve yourself with just yourself and and do some introspection like you say to him like the opportunity to do that is there and i and i hope For our listeners, you know, as as we exit varying stages of lockdown and life continues to move forward, I really really do hope that people hold on to some sense of that and really try to keep themselves aligned, which speaking of alignment and personal direction and personhood is kind of the theme of today's episode. We're speaking on spirituality with truly one of the most uh, spiritually focused and just in tune people that i know aj you you we we did a we did a live where you did my tarot which i think was so much fun and i i remember really resonating with that and thinking god at that point already thinking need to do the podcast need to make that happen and now that we're here i'm thinking we need to have more of it because it was it was just so so wonderful i felt so lightened by that experience, and I really hope getting to chat to you today that uh, our listeners get to feel a little bit of the same.
2: What can I say? Like I definitely, especially like speaking on the the pandemic, even like especially um, you know it being introspective, I think that's kind of been a leading force for like how my spiritual path has evolved as well.
1: Have you, have you always been a spiritual person?
2: I mean, I've always been drawn to witches or, you know, Wiccans would call it the path of the wise. Um, I've always been drawn to anything other than the Abrahamic religions. It's, I mean, it's funny because I was raised a Christian. I was raised in a congregationalist church, which is like, I mean, it's basically a Protestant church, but it's, you know, they have, like, these different little um, groups that take care of the church. It's basically the church by the people for the people. But in turn, I've actually, even in recent years, discovered that even, like, as far as maybe a Christian setting, I align more with, like, the Unitarians, Um, which are the universalists, they believe. They believe basically in a more agnostic path. And I'm kind of down that side of spirituality, but more open to everything around me. And that's kind of been what I've always been guided to, even like at a young age.
1: Tim, you're... You, you don't identify with, uh, with an Abramic religion. We, we were talking about this recently, uh, how you identify spiritually. Do you feel comfortable speaking to that a little bit on the pod? Yeah, uh, it's
0: not something that I talk about a whole lot, mostly because religion tends to make people uncomfortable. But I am also a neo-pagan. I used to identify as a Wiccan. I converted at about the age of 14 from Catholicism, which I had been raised in. My mother is a very, um, she's not a conservative Catholic, but she's a traditional Catholic. And so I went through all of the um, sacristies, you know, I had my first confession, my first communion, I didn't get confirmed, because I think she gave up. Um, But I also had catechumenic classes that I had to go to all the time. uh, And that stopped at about the same time that I converted to Wicca. And I found Wicca through friends of mine in high school that were you know, fleeing whatever religion they had been raised in. And they were, and the early nineties was, uh, no, actually this would have been the mid to late nineties, sorry. The mid to late nineties, there was something of a boom in uh, Wicca and um, neo-paganism. There were a lot of authors that were publishing books. Silver Raven, Wolf was probably one of the most um, popular. And she wrote a few books that were aimed directly at teenagers So I picked up that, converted to Wicca, um, but the older I'm getting, the more I don't really feel like Wicca quite fits me anymore. Um, So now I just call myself a neo-pagan, which if you boil it down to its most simple components, I don't believe that only one deity governs the cosmos. I think that there is a multitude of deities that control specific aspects of things.
1: It's funny, talking about that a little bit, you know, as some people know, I used to be a born-again Christian, went to church every Sunday, youth group on a Friday, small group on a Wednesday, hung out with the Christians on Saturday, uh, and then went to Bible college, where I found out that I am a faggot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that really put a spanner in the works because I was trying to be a pastor. Uh, And then I came out after having graduated with my uh, two-year diploma and was unfriended by everyone I knew. So that was fun. Um, And in the time since then, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not a religious person, but I am a bit of a spiritual person. And Tim, we were talking about this a little bit. I identify as agnostic, which is like agnostic, but with an I. And the general definition, (laughs) because of course I had to be different, um, the definition of agnostic is to say, much like agnostic, you believe in a something, you don't quite know what it is or what its intentions are, uh, but to be agnostic is to say that whatever it is, has nothing to do with you. It's almost like, um,
0: it's a little bit like Pascal's wager, if you've ever heard of that.
1: I've heard the term, how do you define that?
0: Uh, And I I don't have it up in front of me or anything, so I may uh, paraphrase it incorrectly. But from what I have gleaned, that Pascal's wager means that it's better to believe in something in case there is an afterlife than to not believe in anything at all and face oblivion, I guess. Um, Like I said, I could be paraphrasing that incorrectly, but that's what I think it means
1: according to uh, Wikipedia on my phone, it posits that human beings bet with their lives that God either exists or does not. So you believe in God and God exists, eternal happiness in heaven. God exists and you don't believe in God, you go to hell. Mm -hmm. But whether you believe in God or not, if God does not exist, nothing happens. Okay. So that's the wager. It's like, do we go to heaven, hell, or does anything happen at all? So in terms of my agnosticism, it's more the idea that if there is a deity, it has no bearing on my life. It's more like the absentee parent who you meet as an adult and go, you're half of my progenitor, but I feel nothing from you in terms of direction or answers or anything like that. It's more just a case of thanks for helping me exist. Now let's go our separate ways. And that, that very much defines me spiritually. I do, in in my own experiences feel that I have experienced some sense of spirit and visions and things of that nature in my prior experiences as a born-again Christian but they're not things I take over to my everyday in terms of how it informs me spiritually it has more to do with my moral compass and for me it more comes down to simple things like the golden rule treat others as you want to be treated and thinking what can I do for someone today Yes, I'm selfish in many ways because I'm a gainer and I, I want it all for me. I want to I be the fat one. I want the extra slice of cake. But also, what can I do to lift someone up? Someone's wearing some new clothes. They've got themselves a haircut. In the gainer community, you know, you see them looking bigger. What does it cost me to pay them a compliment and say, hey, AJ, you're looking really big. You're looking huge. You look amazing. I love the way that shirt hugged you. God, you look incredible. Like, it costs nothing. And so that's more it for me in terms of the spirit. So with all that said, and and I, I love this ability to have that kind of frank and open conversation about what we sort of think and feel with all that, what led you to develop a lifestyle informed by a sense of spirituality? You know,
2: like, I'm not really sure. Like, I guess... I mean, I guess it was the foundation of Christianity, but it was also like wanting to see what else was out there and and what else i relied i aligned with. I think what gives me a sense of comfort that's led me on that in that direction, you know, kind of like what you said to like a a code of ethics and morals I mean my kind of belief is just all paths lead lead to the same end as long as you're not hurting anybody, basically. You know, that's, that's kind of where that surfaced.
0: That makes me think of, you know, when I converted to Wicca, what, uh, we don't have, like, there's no creed, there's no Bible, but there is a poem. I don't know who originally penned it. I don't know if it's ancient or if it's modern, but um, the last line of the poem says, in it harm none, do what ye will. And, uh, you know, when you when you grow up staunchly Catholic and they, you have the 10 commandments being shoved in your face constantly and, you know, and then all of the things that were in Leviticus that says, you can't do this, you can't do that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty repressive. And then you, you come to find a, a simple sentence that just says you can do whatever in life you wish to do, as long as it does not hurt other people or yourself. I mean, it's a pretty simple way to live, honestly.
1: I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause I think. And listeners, we'd love to hear your feedback on this, because I do feel like spirituality is one of those interestingly sensitive topics. Because when you remove the kind of convert religion ideology from the conversation, suddenly it just becomes, oh, this is just my personal value system. And when you consider that, so long as we're not all trying to massacre each other, Is there really an issue sharing thoughts and feelings and and having these moments of heart to heart where you get to open into something truly soft, this Mm -hmm. sort of soft, gentle essence of humanity inside of all of us? I think a lot of us really do remain closed off about, and maybe it's not for everyone. Some people do and some people don't, but we've all got an opinion. I wonder if it's one of those things where just having the opportunity to talk about it more might relieve some of the tension that a lot of people experience
2: it is pretty much it's just that you know just it's like that old song um you say tomato i say tomato why can't we all get along i feel like if all religions could do that then maybe like the world would be a better place and i feel like it would be more spiritual and less religious
1: and i think that's a good uh, point to really rest on here for a moment is that you know the intention of today's episode is not to indoctrinate it's not to discuss religion in terms of religiosity it is to discuss spirituality
0: yeah we don't proselytize
1: no except for butter i will pro- yes. i will proselyte god i will convert every listener on this podcast to the new religion of butterdom <laughs> and i am your god the butter god
0: I mean, if we can have a flying spaghetti monster, there's no reason why we can't have uh, a butter god. I mean...
1: (gasps) I believe
2: believe James is the non-racist form of
1: Paladin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You got me right there. You really did. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Fuck. That was funny it was just making me think actually i remember this one point in high school where like half the boys all converted to being jedis oh
0: god (laughs) that was a thing that was really a thing because i heard about that but i wasn't sure that
1: that was real no people did not that not that there were churches they just they just they just dang well diddly did it they just dang did it and Mm. i don't i don't know if they've updated that on their census (laughs) data Probably a reported cohort of Jedis in fucking Perth, Western Australia that don't even know about it. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, how, how would you best describe the idea of spirituality that you subscribe to? Which, look, to be fair, I think you've kind of touched on a bit already, but, like, we're, we're around yes. the campfire and we're all just shooting the shit. Like, what's your elevator pitch?
2: So, I guess I would say that there is, like, a root of Wicca in there. Meaning, like, I mean, from, like, I guess a religious kind of standpoint, I guess the the dogma of it, a lot of times, you know, I will do my ritual work. I will do, I will have a, a circle, a, a uh, sacred circle amongst friends, but then also, I mean, kind of like Tim, like very neo pagan, where you know I believe that you know there's not just one god, whatever figure creating the universe or or whatever, then expanding outward, and this is where I get into the more universalist, unitarian feel of it, where you know. I just get whatever resonates with me. Most of the time, like as far as deities go, I probably more or less relate to the Hellenistic deities. So like the the gods of ancient Greece, a lot of times those entities I'll call upon. and But then other times I'll work more with the Hindu stuff, like chakras and... A lot of times I find myself meditating even on, like, Ganesh. So, and also I'll take, like, the ideology of Buddhism, even a little bit of Shintoism sometimes, and just it melds together into just something peaceful and creative and just kind of, I mean, a lot of times it's about manifestation as well manifesting my goals and manifesting everything that is around me Um, which is actually kind of a hinduist sort of buddhist way to look at life as well as far as afterlife goes i feel like part of that is just we're all part of the same being I think one of the coolest little beliefs that I think I really resonated with was, you know, I could be calling upon these deities in circle, but they are all part of me. Like, we're all God energy. We're all goddess energy. We're all this duality. And we're what creates the universe. And I feel like that's when we die. It's more or less going back to the oneness. We're just part of the great all.
1: I'm kind of curious like how does it inform your gaining and how does it does it contrast do you find that there's elements that you struggle with perhaps tell us about that
2: uh it ebbs and full fo- ebbs and flows um as far as you know it informing my gaining it does go into in the christian sense it would be your body is your temple right and in a lot of spiritualities or a lot of religions even we find that we know about how the christians view it but in a lot of other religions it's not so much an aspect of it being bad it's just whether you're taking care of
1: yourself and your body i'm curious tim with you and your particulars you know do you find that there's a does it lend itself, your beliefs, to to the gaining experience? Does it contrast? Or is it like ships in the night doesn't even... It doesn't even... really
0: contrast in any way. It's more like a ships in the night thing because there's no... In, in, in neo-paganism, Wicca, or anything that falls under that umbrella, there's nothing that says that you can't be overweight or gain weight on purpose. Um, it's just... A part of who you are, so they don't. There's no edict against that kind of thing. You mostly find that in the Abrahamic religions, the sin mm-hmm. of gluttony and yada yada. Um, but no, in most of, and in fact, I'm 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 I i am i am i do not know if I'm speaking out of my ass here, but I think in Buddhism and Hinduism and Shintoism and Zoroastrianism and, and all the other isms that exist besides the three major, you know, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, they don't usually have a problem with that kind of thing.
2: Right. It's more taking care of yourself and less about being overweight or obese, more, you know, taking in things that are good for you. It's more about being spiritually fat as well. Like Tim mentioned Buddhism, Mm -hmm. you know, we think we, especially as Americans, we see more the jolly fat Buddha than you do in like other, like Asian temples. But the idea of the fat Buddha is not so much that he's this obese person, but for a while he believed in the idea that spirituality would feed him, would and that that's kind of what even like the Abrahamic religions believe, but they believe, you know, so much more in the dogma of you're gonna go to hell if you're a glutton. He more or less believed that the spirituality would fill him. So he lived on a diet of of a nut and a leaf for a day, um, for every day. That was it. Until he passed out and nearly drowned in a river and decided, well, you know what? This isn't really working for me. So he ate and he gained weight and he realized I can be spiritually fed and spiritually nourished. And that's not really going to matter in the end. And,
0: Uh you know, in paganism, there are a ton of chubby gods and goddesses. I mean, you know, you take Egypt, uh, ancient Egypt, there was Hopi, the god of the Nile, who not only had a pot belly, but full, like, breasts. You take, uh, oh, God, stuff's going to start to escape my brain.
1: Any god or goddess, you would hope, would be just a little bit fat. And uh, gods of the harvest, again, you would hope they would be plump. Dionysus
2: greek god of grapevines wine of overindulgence even
1: oh yes weighty matters gain. yes we're speaking directly about you our dy- <laughs> the dy- <laughs> the <gain> of the gainer community <laughs> oh we love you but oh, it's- i was going to i
0: know what i know now it came to me ataphasia is the spirit of gluttony in uh ancient greece
1: mm-hmm. oh she's so a good party i like i like Santa her It's interesting like to speak on a more practical level in terms of things like prayer ritual things that you do you know and not to make the joke but like on your knees and things Mm -hmm. of that nature like how does being bigger correlate to traditions and chants and just things that you might want to engage in does it affect your ability to do that do you have to tweak how you conduct ceremony
2: not necessarily i would say I mean, a lot of times in ceremony, for me, there's a lot of drinking and food involved as well so uh, there's that but not necessarily I guess you know if I'm doing yoga or a lot of actually one of my favorite things to do in actually I kind of incorporate my spirituality even and dare I say it oh god here comes the gain the, the gainer gods here coming to smite me now but when I do work out a lot of times I will start a workout with a meditation or I'll do um, at the end of a workout, I will do Qigong. So I do feel like in that part of it, it does kind of get challenging sometimes, especially when you're getting a little bit of the fire of life, doing a little bit of Kundalini work. um, So like if I'm doing like breath work, it sometimes can get a little difficult. I feel like my belly just like some like, it like you would i mean this is just the way it is all the time
1: so like... this podcast you can't see it but our guest has just gotten his belly out and we are enamored we're in love <laughs> this is the podcast now fuck the topic we're just we're just <laughs> defining <laughs> our guest. Um, tim you always said that you try to to strike a balance a little between you know maintaining some form of fitness on your own gaining journey you know do you Mm -hmm. think that has anything to do with maybe some spiritual ideas that you try to follow like how does that how does Uh, that no No, not not
0: really because uh, that's an aesthetic choice like i want it to be more of a muscle like it doesn't really have much to do with my spirituality and i mean if i'm going to be honest I haven't done any spell or ritual work in a very long time. Um, I kind of live by a sort of edict that the gods will not do for you what you, won't, what you can do for yourself. So a lot of times I don't really feel a need to perform a ritual or spell for something in my life because I know how I can achieve it. If I want a new car, I got to work for it. You know, I will sometimes observe special holidays. Like Samhain is usually one that I will recognize, and I try to do something for Beltane every year, but I don't always get around to doing it. Um, if there's a lunar eclipse, I try to make a deal about that, or if there's a solar eclipse coming, I try to do something for that. Yeah, it's and it's been about a hundred years since I danced naked under the full moon, so. <laughs> um, I don't. It's it, it is a part of me, but I mean, I am. I suppose if I were mm-hmm. going to um, classify myself, I am the most modern and practical pagan because mm-hmm. I I use technology, I embrace science, I, you know, I have mystic parts of my life, but that is that would never indicate that I don't also subscribe to scientific stuff because I'm a nurse, I'm in a science profession,
2: mm-hmm. so I mean, I'm right there with you being an EMT so I completely understand that and I mean I agree like I you know when I say like spell work or anything like that I you know a lot of times generally like I am not that person that opens up ritual every single day like that's just impossible for me but definitely I am that type that I actually do, you know, I try to incorporate my spirituality and my mysticism, I guess, you know, in my daily life. But a lot of times ritual is set to specific days on the calendar, i.e. Beltane, Samhain, even like the full moon, which I wouldn't even be able to do it tonight because I'm working. But when I get the chance to do the... A full, a full moon ritual. I try to get on board with that. I think more or less where my spirituality is, is like, is working on my shadow work. And even like part of that is a little bit of where gaining comes from for me. So like working on like chakra healing and stuff like that, even that, like working with your sacral chakra, that mm-hmm. is, your, that's your sexual energy. So figuring out where gaining lies in your spiritual path, where that stemmed from, trying to figure that out. So that's where I've kind of been at in that
1: right now. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
2: Which, I mean, like, it's, it's more of even, like, a psychological part, of like, like, where spirituality meets psychology in a way.
1: So I, I kind of want to touch on, we, we, we said a little bit about this with um, Abrahamic religions, you know, and I think that's, it's probably a good point to focus on because that's the one that I think most listeners will be familiar with. You know, uh, Seven Deadly Sins, that gainers engage with two of them quite regularly, with gluttony and with sloth. It's just kind of interesting, you know, that we exist at this spiritual intersection. And I can't imagine that many gainers necessarily take much stock in the importance of avoiding sin, you know, I can give
0: you a little history lesson if, if anyone's interested on why I think this became such a prominent part of the Abrahamic religions and why it got shoved down everyone's throat. And it has a lot to do with the Dark Ages, and I'm not a historian, so this really is sort of my own pet theory when it comes to this. But so, in the Middle Ages, there was an author named Dante Alighieri, and he wrote the Divine Comedy, which was broken up into three parts: the Inferno, the Purgatorio, and the Paradiso and the inferno was the first part and ended up becoming the most popular part of that entire um, epic poem and it's basically one man's journey through hell and uh, each level of hell because hell got separated into seven circles or nine circles yeah it was nine circles seven of those circles each one was dedicated to a different sin and This poem became so popular that it was actually preached by by priests and preachers in the pulpits. It was used as a piece of propaganda. And it's so funny to me because it's called The Divine Comedy. He wrote it as a satire. He wrote it to make fun of things. He wrote it to make fun of specific individuals that lived in Florence at the time. And yet it got so popular and got so embedded in the subconscious of the people who heard it that I think that's why it continued into the modern age where people really put a lot of focus on these are the sins that are gonna put you in hell, you know? And like I said, I'm not a historian, but I think that that's really where the impetus of like the popularity of the seven deadly sins came from. Because as far as I have done in my own research, I can't find a biblical link to these are the seven sins that are worse than everything else.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting reflecting on that with my own time in Bible college. You know, um, if we're talking Abrahamic, you know, there were over 300 laws in the Old Testament which determined things like you shouldn't cut your hair, you shouldn't eat certain types of food, you should do this, you should do that. Which were, you know, respected to the point of if you were um, a rabbi and you had to wear a special robe where they broke down the laws into four groups uh and then you wore a special robe where there was a single thread that came off each of the four corners and had knots tied into it but it was an odd number so one of them had one knot short and that was always on the front left or something i I i believe i could be wrong about this listeners feel free to clarify um but, you know, they were always about rules and laws. And I don't think those seven in particular ever really made an appearance. I can't recall them really in that. And it's interesting when you think, you know, the story of Lucifer and the stories of Lilith and all of these other ones. And it's like, where where did those come from?
0: You know, are they really... I know where that one came from.
1: <laughs> oh, Lilith? <story?
0: laughs> yeah, I actually... <laughs> And again, not a historian, didn't do biblical study, but from what research I have done, that I think she is mentioned in the Talmud or possibly the Torah, which are um, ancient Jewish texts that make reference to another woman. That So the, the basic story is that God created Adam and Lilith at the same time. Adam from dust, Lilith from clay. And because they were created at the same time, they both were independent you know they were like independent and thinking and lilith did not want to be subservient to a man she didn't want to have to lay on her you know back and take the submissive position during intercourse and adam goes to god and complains that the woman won't do what he wants her to do and so god banishes lilith from the garden and puts adam to sleep takes one of his ribs and creates the docile eve who is more subservient and who is more capable of saying, oh, yes, dear, whatever you want. But then she gets blamed for the downfall of mankind. So, I mean, sexism in the Bible is just rampant.
1: I think the the point I kind of want to go with, actually, is, is kind of about that, you know. So many of us who do identify religiously or spiritually go off of text and we go off of scripture or the wording of someone else. And that, that tends to define... Uh, culture and it defines process and and how we conduct ourselves and our various spiritual goings on you know i think when you refer to the parables and fables of really any mythology you know what were they born out of they were born out of the things that are most important to those people you know so the parable in greek mythology about um i think it's athena I think it's Athena or it might have been Artemis. But basically there was a hunter in the woods who was hunting stags and he's got his dogs with him. And he goes into the woods to hunt some stags and then he stumbles upon a mystic pond in which you can hear this girlish laughter and these beautiful figured women hiding behind a waterfall. And he cannot help but go and investigate. And what he finds is, yes, there are certain naiads and dryads who are spooked and scared and jump right back. But one among them, and I think it's Athena, is that right, Tim?
0: Are you... T- oh, so this... Actually, that was Artemis. That's Yeah, Art- I was going to say yeah, it. Artemis. Pretty and or this is Artemis.
1: So it was Artemis. And she goes, oh, fuck you, mate. Zap turns him into a stag and then the dogs that he trained to go and hunt the stags then hunt him to death instead. And, you know, historians can agree. That's a parable on how in ancient Greek culture there is mind your business. Don't be fucking with things you don't understand. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and so it makes sense that the stories that we teach are the things we want people to learn and understand. So here's a challenge for you guys. When it comes to our gainer people, let's say we write some parables about obesity, gluttony, the way one should conduct themselves. What does that story look like? What's the lesson in the story we want new gainers to learn about our people and about how we should Act and be and think and feel.
2: Love
0: yourself. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Self love, tolerance, acceptance, non judgment. Um, that everybody is valid. Everybody type, style, and weight is valid. And I think that there. I mean, it's it's sort of moving in that direction. Sort of. I, I kind of sometimes will. Uh, walk into like the the book section of a grocery store. And, you know, of course the kids' books are all bright and colorful. And like some of them are trying to teach those morality lessons of don't judge people, accept people for who they are. Some people are fat and happy that way. I mean, I feel like that's going to be a constant struggle though. I mean, we've talked before about how the beauty and health industry are constantly at war with this body positivity and body acceptance movement because decades upon end, we have been equating fat with unhealthy
2: I was going to say, I mean, I feel like definitely you're right on that unpopular opinion here. But like the more that light gets shed on our little shadowy corner of the universe, the more that people will come to accept it more. I feel like, you know, dare I say it, I'm being the Larry Kramer of the group and saying, hello, it's 2021 come out. I'm, I'm
0: going to say you're not the Larry Kramer. You're Glinda the Good Witch. Come out, come out, wherever you are. <laughs> no,
1: that's true. Didn't yes. <laughs> Kramer, like, he? He's the guy with the curly yeah. See, hair from Seinfeld, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't he get canceled because he went on like a rampage at the, a random guy in an audience? Yeah, he did. A Wrong place? Larry Kramer. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. No,
2: There's I, another
1: yeah, you're Larry right, you're Kramer.
2: Right. Yeah, Larry Kramer. He actually just passed away last year um, from pneumonia um, from caused by AIDS. But he was a huge AIDS activist during the um, during the worst of that pandemic. Not that that's. I mean, that's still going on. But he was the loudest voice and that was probably why people hated him the most he was one of the co-creators of the oh god I forget the uh the, the group in New York the uh, the gay man gay men's AIDS crisis I think that's what it was called he was kicked out of that because of his views on the gay community being afraid to come out at that point and how how the government didn't care about the gay people and were trying to basically just let us die off. And so anyway, so yeah, he, not to be mistaken with the The Larry Kramer. Yeah, it's it's
0: funny that um, whenever you say Kramer, that's the first thing that's going to jump to everybody's mind.
1: So what I think we could talk about in terms of parables for gainers, we'd want stories that highlight a healthy relationship with food. I think we'd want stories that reveal the truth about shame in pursuing fatness. And I think we'd want to have stories that like you guys have been saying, comes back to community and builds each other up. And it's interesting. That's a thing that really seems to touch on, you know, over the last couple of episodes. It's completely unintentional on the pod, but there almost seems like this overarching theme. You know, I think the first big theme was managing expectations. And now the big theme really seems to come back to community and kindness and how one conducts themselves. Everything kind of works from that top down. It works from the inside through to the outside. So if our spiritual value system says that I am the only one that matters, I don't care for others, I seek my pleasure before that of anyone else, self-involved, that will probably lead to a community who conducts themselves that way. Whereas if we speak more confidently and honestly about loving on each other, maybe things will be a bit different. So AJ, Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) we have a listener question for you.
2: Oh gosh, okay.
1: And I think, I think you know what this is going to be. I think so. Can you teach me a spell to gain weight? Just dwell on it, just really, really take your time. Uh, give us the okay. full answer <laughs> you
2: <can gain> <laughs> So, here is my answer to this question. Every time I get it, and I get it a lot, just like I get people asking me for tarot card readings about them gaining weight there is no spell out there to gain weight. Uh, You know, the most I can say is maybe meditate on it. Put the intention out there, put, you know, meditate on it. Like I said, like picture yourself getting bigger, picture yourself already having that. It's basically like I mean, if anybody remembers the uh, the line in Halloween Town, if you know, if you're a Disney Channel fan up in here, the line in Halloween Town where Debbie Reynolds says to her granddaughter, um, "All you have to do is want something and let yourself have it." That is like a, kind of a truth in it when it comes to manifestation. Want something, but not just want it. Let yourself have it in your mind first. And go for it. Put it's the work intention. in. That is literally, it's it's intention and it's yeah. whole. Ninety nine
0: percent of spell
2: and ritual work is intention. Absolutely, and yeah. in, in, you know, I mean, I like to think of I when when people when like when non believers ask me, they like my opinion. Ask me about like spell work and stuff. I tell them, you know, maybe it's a little bit more a placebo than anything. It's more putting your intention into something and then letting yourself have it, working towards that. I, I feel really like, like that, that you said
0: that. Because yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people who have opinions about Wic- Wiccans, Neopagans, witches, however you choose to define mm-hmm. that's, that spiritual path, they think that the craft is real that we can fly that we can change our appearance at will that we can uh levitate objects that we can stop
2: time that we can you know, or they think we that do. we're nancy downs at the end of crap the yeah
0: version. they think that we all are going to go nuts at some point and just like we're going to evoke some dark god and go crazy um <laughs> you know, i
1: don't know if any of that is true but what i do know is true is that one day Tim and I are going to buy a lovely Victorian mansion on the coast of Maine and we are going to have brunch in the garden every single day while our two nieces uh, consistently murder the men that they're in love with and perhaps one of them is Sandra Bullock and she's on a journey for love and romance and yes this is practical magic but obviously <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> that that'll be our future gainer house <laughs> Which I the will family. say that
0: for Hollywood, that's probably the closest they ever got to I was, the way it really is.
2: I was going to say, yeah, that that is probably the more realistic outlook on witchcraft as a whole. Um, I mean, not to say it wasn't without its Hollywood magic, but as a whole, it did a very good job at portraying witchcraft in a more sane light.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was definitely one of the... Um, because, it, it, you know, honestly, if they made a true movie about what it is that people on this spiritual path do, it would probably look exceptionally boring and really kooky. Okay. Because when you're standing outside in your backyard with a, a a brazier of smoking incense and you're raising your arms to the sky, <laughs> like they're going to think you're a complete tool. And... <laughs> You know, like, I, I, and that's the other thing is I have, a, I have a really good sense of humor about my spirituality. If you think that it sounds ridiculous, that's fine. You can think it sounds ridiculous. I don't care. It's not going to offend me because a lot of stuff that I have had thrown in my face over the years, I think sounds ridiculous. So mm-hmm. if I can have a sense of humor about it, you should too. You know, absolutely.
1: Here's a bit of an odd question. Thinking yeah. of like fatness and magic, Gabby Sadeeb. She uh, she put a Queenie on um, American Horror Story Coven. And I I was kind of thinking about it. Like, first of all, you do not see Black Witches. That's a race thing, first of all, mostly. But also, plus size witches. Like, I'm curious. Like, I'm trying to think back to, you know, books that I might have read as a kid. Stories or fables. I mean, I suppose, like, the most common portrayal of a fat witch is one that eats children like the Baba Yaga or um, the witch from Hansel and Gretel, Mm -hmm. which oftentimes is not necessarily a witch. She's just a crazy old bitch in the woods who likes to eat children, apparently, which I'm sure would interest some of our listeners. There is no shame here for, we do support all types. Listen, to round things out with one final question, I want to put it out there to you both. What is the best piece of advice you could give to someone who wants to maintain a strong sense of positive spirituality while they gain?
2: I would say, figure it out. I mean, figure it out where it lies with you spiritually. I would say that, I mean, it's not a sin. It's not going to affect you spiritually. Just enjoy life. I think that's the most important part about spirituality. Your only purpose in life is to exist, nothing more, nothing less. Your only purpose is, and like watch the movie soul i just watched that movie and i was just like oh like this is exactly what it is your only purpose is to enjoy life you know if gaining makes you happy then you know what that is part of it that is part of your spiritual journey is just accepting that into your life accepting that part of you and enjoying it
1: so something that really stood out to me um there was a time in Bible college where we were going through certain scriptures and reviewing the meanings because a lot of scriptures don't just mean what they literal say. A lot of scriptures are the whole purpose of them is to be esoteric, relevant to the time and the place. The scripture that came to mind for me was Jeremiah 1.5. And the quote goes, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And what that resonated with me is the idea that we are who we were created to be. Mm -hmm. Even if there is a deity who made us, he made us to be gay. And to be fair, this is the scripture that spoke to me and gave me the confidence to know that my sense of sexuality was fine. It helped me to grieve what I would lose with my friends and to be okay, because I was made to be this way. Similarly, with gaining, we were made to gain and we were made to transform on that journey. Because it's a unique experience that very few people will have. And that's part of our journey. Have that experience, share the knowledge and truth that we glean from that with other people. That's ultimately what I would want to take away from like a spiritual concept in gaining. We live in a world that's very fat phobic and has so many issues when it comes to how we treat fat people and how we can even move forward when it comes to the concept of fatness. But people who actively gain and go on that journey learn the deep truths and lessons when it comes to the body and fatness and that lived experience can perhaps be the ones to lead the way speak and be heard when it comes to what we need to hear and change about ourselves when it comes to our approach with fatness and obesity so listen before we we close off does anyone have any last words they want to say on uh, rounding out their thoughts and feelings their perspectives their beliefs
0: I mean, I don't know if I necessarily have advice for how to be spiritual and be a gainer, because like I said, I don't usually combine the two. But the advice that I have for anyone on a spiritual path is to question things. Um, I remember something that really bothered me a lot growing up was that people did things without questioning it. And I was the one who raised the questions and very often was told to sit down, shut up and know my place. But I was never comfortable with that. Like, I wanted to know why and why do we do these things? Why are these things so important? And I think it's because we, we touched on it earlier that people adhere to dogma and I find dogma to be dangerous, honestly. I think that when you adhere to dogma, you forego sense and you forego logic and you forego that a part of your brain that wants to question things. So anyone who's going on any spiritual journey and whether you decide to be Catholic, Christian, Jewish, uh, uh, Hindu, Buddhist, Shinto, Zora, Zoroastrianist, Satanist, whatever it is you pick out, you've got to question things as you go along. Because if you don't, you fall into a trap where you're allowing someone else to do the thinking for you. Hmm. Think for yourself. Like, In fact, one of my favorite quotes ever comes from an ancient Greek woman, uh, Hypatia of Alexandria. She said, Reserve your right to think, because even to think wrongly is better than to not think at all. So I just say question things. And if you keep running into roadblocks with people where they're just like, well, it just is the way it is, then you need to find someone else. You need to do self-exploration. When I left Catholicism, I read as much as I possibly could on every other religion out there in the world and found what was right for me. Um, So, yeah, just always be willing to look past something. Don't ever accept anything for face value, especially when it comes to spirituality, because people are willing to kill each other over it.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. AJ, thank you so much for joining us.
2: You're welcome. I thank you for having me on. I mean, this was a lot of fun. And I mean, I think weirdly enough, I even got to talk to like Tim a little more, which was interesting because I never like really converse. I converse more with you, James, but. I mean you can always I, DM I, me, I, honey. You can always <laughs>
0: DM me. I mean, I might get busy. Like I tell everybody who DMs me, like, if I can't answer quickly, it's because I'm either at work or something else is consuming my attention. But like I try as hard <laughs> as I can to like keep the conversation going. Absolutely. <laughs> AJ,
1: where can people find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram under Lover of my Soul 653 uh, you can also find me on Grommer under Lover of My Soul, which I recently changed that too um i think that's like basically the gainer site you can find me on if you want to hit me up on facebook i know it's for old people but i'm also on facebook under aj johnson and i am always willing to add people and talk about not just spirituality but just talking general
1: You know, to to plug you a little bit here, you know, I had a, a pretty down day not too long ago and AJ, you and I spoke and you just held my heart in that moment and it was amazing. You have so much love to give as a friend and just as a human being, and it's wonderful. So, thank you for being you, and thank you for being on today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and for listening. Because that's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a good review. As always, you can find me on Grommer Instagram and TikTok at Stanham and Twitter and YouTube at StanhamG.
0: You can find me on Gromer as Orpheus. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok as Thicky Mouse. And of course, you can find more of what we talked about today on Instagram and Patreon
1: at Thick Radio. And we're on Twitter and TikTok too, also at Thick Radio. So until next time. Bye, Fats. Bye, Fats. Let's talk about it. Radio is a Patreon and Anchor app podcast produced by Stan and Big Nuts. Next and mastered by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Loki2. Our theme song is provided by Spotify.